passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome to episode number 36 of the Believe in Minnesota Football Podcast presented by the Believe Network. I'm your host, Tony Liebert, and you can follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert and Instagram at Tony underscore Liebert. That is T-O-N-Y-L-I-E-B-E-R-T. We have a loaded show this week. Um, Didn't have a show last week, so I will recap the Gophers spring game and the NFL draft. And then I'll also break down three commitments to the 2023 class, tight end Pierce Walsh and a pair of prior Lake linemen, defensive lineman Martin Owusu and offensive lineman Greg Johnson. I will also touch on the recent trend of Gophers entering the transfer portal after the spring season. And I'm here to break it all down for you today. All right. So there are four Gophers that heard their name called um, during the NFL draft. First off the board was Boye Mafi. Mafe, excuse me. At number 40 overall to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, there obviously there was a lot of buzz that he could sneak into the first round. Um, and I, I'm not sure if he ever really was a first round prospect. Uh, there was obviously a lot of hype after the Senior Bowl, after his good combine performance. Um, but I think this was kind of always the range that he should have went and that I think he was going to go. Um... I think uh, the Seahawks is a really good fit for him. Um, They have kind of struggled to find productive pass rushers in the draft of the last few seasons, and they have a lot of question marks at that position. They have uh, Daryl Taylor, who has six and a half career sacks. Shelby Harris, who has 22 and a half, is kind of their main guy who they just brought in this year. And then two other draft picks, LJ Collier and Alton Robinson, combined for eight in their career. So this is a really good fit for Boye. He can he can slide in right away, um, play a big role on this team, and it's a it's a fit that makes sense for him. The Seahawks have had uh, a lot of pass rushers with his build that find success in the. P. Carroll era, and I think there's no reason why Boye can't do the same. Um, but 
He is the sixth Gophers player to be drafted inside of the top 50 since 2000, joining Rashad Bateman, Antoine Winfield Jr., Rashid Hagman, Lawrence Maroney, and Willie Middlebrooks. So, uh, obviously in the first round you get paid more, you get that fifth-year option, but uh, draft position doesn't always matter, and a lot of times uh, fit determines uh, the success a player has in the NFL, and I think the Seahawks were a great fit for Boyd. Next off the board was Daniel Falele at number 110 overall in the fourth round to the Ravens. Um, He fell out of the top 100, which is kind of a shock to obviously a lot of Gophers fans. Um, Based on the stuff that I was hearing, um, his senior bowl was not very impressive to the NFL draft scouts, and that kind of pushed him down a lot of draft boards, Um, but I still don't uh, understand how he's not a top 100 player. He has once-in-a-generation type size. He's going to be the biggest player in the NFL, and he was productive as a Big Ten offensive lineman. I don't know how that doesn't at least warrant a top 100 pick. But same uh, thing I said for Boye. Uh, position doesn't always matter. It's a lot about fit. And now uh, Daniel will join Rashad Bateman on the Ravens in a system that really makes a lot of sense for his skill set. Um, he was the first offensive lineman from Minnesota to be drafted in the NFL draft since Greg Esslinger in 2006. So that was a big milestone for the program, something that P.J. Flex said he was going to change when he took over the job, and he did. So that was great to see, even though it might have happened a little later than everyone was expecting. Um, but it was... Also, the sixth time since 2000 that multiple Gophers have been selected in the top 150 and the fifth time since 2014. So that was great to see, Um, but a little more on the Ravens' fit. Uh, In recent memory, they have a great history of developing offensive tackles, Um, guys like Ronnie Stanley, um, Orlando Brown Jr., uh, there's no reason why Falele can't fit that mold. He's He has all the skills, all the size you want, and uh, it, it, the scheme fits fits well for him. It's a run-heavy scheme. If there's anything that Falele struggled at, it was pass protection because he is so big. He's got so much so much body mass to move, but uh, the Ravens are a great fit. They love to run the ball. Um they have two other right veteran right tackles on their team, Morgan, Morgan Moses and Juwan James, <clears throat> who are both older than 29. So it's not like the, either one of those two are going to be their long-term answer. So it's great to see Falele fit in a system like that, and I think he can find great success very quickly. Next off the board from the Maroon and Gold was Asezi Otomewo, who went number 165 overall in the fifth round. Staying home with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, this was kind of uh, a really good range for him to go in. There was a lot of uh, rumors that he might go later, um, but after not perform, uh, not being able to compete in the Senior Bowl, the Combine, and then having to do a late pro day, uh, it really hurt his draft stock overall. So to still be able to fall in this range, I think, was really good for him. Um, obviously staying home with the Vikings is something that all Gophers fans will like, but it's a great fit for him 
because the Vikings do have at least some depth at the edge position with Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith. So it's not like they're going to have to throw a Sezi to the Wolves so he can sit back and develop. And as for the Gophers, um, this was the sixth time that they had at least three players drafted since 2000. Um, in 01, 02, 06, 2015, 2022, and 2020, uh, were, those were the five other times. So another great milestone, and I think a great fit for Sezi. And then the last gopher to hear his name called was Kokeeft at 218 overall in the sixth round. So uh, a selection that surprised a lot of people. Uh, Ko was not expected to get drafted by the media. But I always had a slight, uh, I, I, I would say it was a hope that he would get drafted, but I had a feeling that he could because NFL teams value run-blocking tight ends. They still do. And he's an elite run-blocking tight end. Um, he Obviously a great fit for him, joining Tyler Johnson and Antoine Winfield as Gophers on the Buccaneers. And... Uh, the, just the video of him seeing him get drafted, watching the uh, watching the draft with his dad in his garage, getting the phone call. It's just it's really hard not to root for Keefe. He's just a Midwest Midwest guy through and through, and I I think he can succeed on the Bucks. They uh they have Cam Brate there. Uh, there's a chance that Gronk comes back, but uh, I think he's going to see the field a lot early in his career because of that run blocking. Teams value that, and it's an easy way to get onto the field quickly. And um, I obviously joining a team with Tom Brady and two other Gophers, you can't really want more than that. Uh, but overall, so it is the fifth time that the Gophers had four more players drafted since 2000. Um, in 01, 06, 2015, 2020, and 2021. So I guess that's the sixth time, but uh, whatever. The uh, overall great draft for the Gophers, for the program, to hear that many guys called, um, to hear offensive linemen, to hear a guy go in the top 50, can't really want more for that as a program. Come to Minnesota, you can make it to the NFL. Um, as for the undrafted free agents that signed with teams, um, Blaze Andrews went to the Dolphins, Jack Gibbons went to the Titans, and Sam Schluter went to the 49ers. Um, so the difference between undrafted free agents and rookie minicamp deals are uh, this last week, I'm not sure how long the rookie minicamp is, but I think it's like a week or two Um those players just get invited to have a tryout in the rookie money camp, trying to hope to earn an undrafted free agent deal. While Blaze Andrews and Jack Gibbons and Sam Schluter have more guaranteed money and a much higher chance of being on a training camp roster, hoping to earn a contract on the final cut and for the season. Um, but so for Andrews, Gibbons, and Schluter. Um, biggest takeaway from those three is not after after not having an offensive lineman drafted since 2006, three Minnesota offensive linemen will likely be on a roster next season, which is obviously a great milestone for the program. Um, I think Andrews probably has the best chance of making the team, um, but 
49ers are great at developing offensive linemen, so maybe Schluter catches on. And Jack Gibbons is someone that I think um, could really shock a lot of people. He has a very good athletic profile, and I think he could uh, find himself on the Titans roster. Uh, but as for the rookie minicamp deals, like I said, guys that are getting that tryout to hope to earn a bigger contract, Niles Pinckney to the Saints, Micah Dutreadway to the Bears, and Coney Durr to the Bears, and then Justice Harris to the Giants. So overall, it was a good draft for the Gophers, and I think it was a great next step in building a national profile for the program. So next, I will talk about the spring game, last thing that happened a few weeks ago. Um, the Maroon team took down the gold team, 19-16. to uh, Entertaining overall game. Uh, came down to sudden death kicks. Uh, Matthew Trickett ended up hitting <clears throat> a game winner. <clears throat> Excuse me, from 50-plus yards while uh, Dragon Kessich missed. So it was cool to see that ending for a program that's struggled with kickers the last few years. But um, as for my biggest takeaways from the game, the three best performers on offense in my eyes, or at least notable, um, true freshman Zach Evans, who had 11 carries for 51 yards and two catches for 20 um, it's obviously you're scrimmaging against your own team, but I think he showed that uh, it, given the uh, lack of depth at the running back position, Evans could uh, could slip, could carry a load and be able to fill in if the Gophers need him to at some point this year, which I think is huge for the confidence of the position group and the hope that uh, they can be completely fine without uh, Bucky Irvin. Uh, next uh, big takeaway was Athen Kaliakmanis. I think he had uh, – this was kind of a showcase for him. It was his biggest moment of his career, really, and he started out really well and struggled at the in the second half. He was 10 of 22 for 143 and a touchdown. Um, and Mike Brown-Stevens, he had four carries for 33 yards – and four catches were 50. It was interesting to see his running back versatility. I'll get into that later. But um, the the offense uh, put in a good showing. And then on defense, my three biggest uh, performers were the pair of cornerback transfers, Beanie Bishop and Ryan Stapp, who look like Big Ten players, and they look like they're in line for a big year. And then um, defensive end Austin Booker, who really showed up and uh, – prove that he probably will have a big role on this defensive line this year. Um, but diving a little more deep into Ethan Kaliakmanis, um, so on the first drive, he was 4 of 7 for 73 yards and a touchdown, and it, it looked like he came to play. He looked very comfortable. Uh, and it just – he looked like a Big Ten quarterback, which is something you can only hope for from a redshirt freshman. Um, but the rest of the game, he went 6 of 15 for 70 yards and an interception. So he kind of settled in, and the uh, defense, I guess, settled in themselves. And he looked like a redshirt freshman there. Uh, he His first drive was obviously great to see the type of potential and skill he has, but he still has room to grow, and I think for that reason... Uh, specifically, it will definitely help 
Um, PJ Fleck and Kirk Shiraka's decision to obviously stick with Tanner Morgan. I don't think they were even ever thinking about it, but as fans, we would have liked to at least think they were, but, um, that obviously is just another step in their decision for, uh, doing what I guess was expected the whole time. But as for Tanner, he only had one drive, which was one for four for 12 yards. Uh, you could obviously say like, oh, Ethan was so much better on his first try, blah, blah, blah. But it, it was one drive. You can't take that much from it. That would just be uh, naive and I just think wrong. Um, but uh, it was interesting to see the cornerback, quarterback position. Cole Kramer looked good too. Um, it'll be interesting who the direct number two is. I think Cole Kramer will still have some wildcat packages. But uh, I would ima- I think Ethan will probably be the number two. I think he showed he has higher potential and – I. Um, it was great to see him in a big role uh, so early in his career. Um, as for the offensive scheme as a whole, uh, started out a lot really pass-heavy, but overall, obviously, Kirk Sherrock was only calling plays on one side, but there was 47 passes and 46 runs. I don't think you can really take too much from a spring game in that area, but it was interesting to note. And a little more on the running back depth uh, with Bucky Irving hitting the transfer portal. Um, it's obviously a talk of the town. And this was a big game for Zach Evans, true freshman, and he showed up. He showed that he he is here, he belongs, and he uh, probably will have a role on this football team uh, as a teenager this season. And then uh, Bryce Williams, a veteran guy, uh, the only veteran that really played in the spring game. He only had one carry, so his role was obviously not that big. Um, and then on the other team, Jordan Newbin, walk-on, uh, brother of Tyler, had 15 carries for 44 yards. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he works his way to a scholarship or how that goes, but um, he looked solid. There was obviously no Trey Potts or Mo Ibrahim, um, but... I, overall, I thought the running back depth looked good. Uh, Mike Brown-Stevens got four carries for 33 yards, which was super cool to see. I hope that's something Kirk Shiraka, uh uses the rest of the season because MBS is one of my favorite players on the team. I think he has the versatility to do that, to be like a Debo Samuel-type player. Um, He's a very, very explosive playmaker, and the Gophers need to find out different ways to get his ball in his hands because he's not going to be the number one receiver. There's Chris Ottman-Bell, Daniel Jackson, Dalen Wright, who are more pure outside receivers who can also work in the slot, but Mike Brown-Stevens obviously does most of his work in the slot, and I think getting him more carries out of the backfield will only help this offense, so I hope that was not a spring game trick play fad. I hope that's something we continue to see heading into the season. Um, and a few other uh, miscellaneous things I noticed. Uh, Jameson Gears, tight end, had a really solid game, and I think he might establish himself as the number two option on this team. Um, Nick Callerup looked like he could do that, but uh, with uh, good performance for Gears, I think it'll be it's clearly one of those two guys who are going to be behind Brevin Spanford but uh, Gears had a really good game. Um, and talking about uh, Western Kentucky transfer cornerback Beanie Bishop and Abilene Christian transfer cornerback Ryan Stapp, they both played very well, and I think it shows that this cornerback room can be one of the best 
and the Big Ten and maybe the best defensive position group on the Gophers. Uh, something that struggled a bit last year. Uh, Justin Wally obviously played very well as a true freshman, but he had ups and downs. And when you have him now as a true sophomore and two veteran guys who have done it before, uh, this cornerback room is going to be really, really good this season. That was probably my biggest takeaway from the defensive performance at the spring game. And then another uh, thing I wanted to touch on, Dalen Wright's role in the offense. Anyone who's listens to this knows how big of a fan I am of Dalen Wright. He has all of the talent to be an elite receiver in the Big Ten. He looks the part. He shows the flashes. Um, but uh, last year he had a lot of off-the-field circumstances, so he wasn't able to put it all together for a full season. Uh, but with all the receivers coming back, he's, it's very interesting to see what his role's going to be. Um, I think Chris Ottman-Bell's pretty clearly the number one option, but behind that, Dalen Wright needs to get some touches, man. He's an elite athlete, and only good things happen when you pass him the ball. Um, but overall, it, it was a very entertaining, um, impressive spring game, and, it, man, New Mexico State on September 1 just can't come soon enough. It was just fun to see some live Gophers football again. All right, as for uh, update on recruiting, the Gophers had a big two weeks adding to their 2023 recruiting class. Um, it started with uh, tight end Pierce Walsh from Lyle, Illinois. Um, six foot four tight end, number 23 overall player in the state of Illinois and the number 49 overall tight end in the country. Um, he had top offers from Rutgers, Navy, and Central Michigan. Um, my biggest takeaway from watching his film and reading him on a player is he's just a football player. Um, if I was a running a college program or running an NFL team, it seems like the best players at the next level are the ones that uh, play both ways. They're multi-sport athlete. It's just you got to recruit athletes that have a high football IQ and just it seems stupid, but they're just like football players. Like they just know what to do when you strap on the pads and go on the on the between the lines. And watching Walsh's film, it seemed like he could do that. He had thirty catches for four hundred seventy four yards and three touchdowns um, as a junior, which are really good numbers for a tight end in a high school system. Obviously, not many high school programs are using their tight end that much, so it's great to see that he has the versatility and potential to even split out wide and just be a solid tight end. And then he had 26 tackles, two sacks, and four TFLs as a defensive end. So he just looked like a football player. Um, he might not be the elite high-level recruit that some people are wanting, but there's no reason why he can't be a productive player in the Big Ten. And I, it, these are the players, he's the type of player you need to fill out your recruiting class with. If you get a bunch of Pierce Walsh's, you're going to have a good recruiting class. Um, next on the list was uh, in-state commitment from prior Lake defensive lineman Martin Owusu. Uh, Owusu's one of my favorite players in the state of Minnesota. Um, he just looks like a Big Ten defensive lineman. He, he has the fast twitch, quick twitch muscles. Um, he's 6'3", 270, so uh, 
probably more of a defensive tackle than defensive end. Um, he's the, currently the number nine player in Minnesota, but based on the offers that he's been getting in the last month, I expect that number to rise as the 2023 recruiting cycle continues. He has top offers from Washington, California, and Vanderbilt. Um, so he, he also is a top heavyweight wrestler, uh, something that really translates translates well to success at the next level for linemen on both sides of the ball. Um, but it was it's a great sign to see a player like this stay home with the Gophers when he has so many offers around the country. And he committed, uh, I think, only like a few days after he officially got offered. So uh, great to see. And I, I'm very, very interested to see how Owusu develops as an athlete physically uh, and uh, just performance-wise in a Big Ten system with Big Ten weight training. And I, I think the sky's really the limit for him. Um, very talented player, and you can see why the Gophers wanted to uh, get him. And then the uh, last scholarship player that committed was 605, 280-pound offensive lineman Greg Johnson, who is a teammate of Martin Owusu at Prior Lake. Um, six foot five, two. Like I just said, I definitely just said that. Uh, but he had top offers from Iowa State, Wyoming, and Air Force. Um, really, just solid uh, high school offensive lineman. You can see why the Gophers wanted to recruit him. He's the number three player in Minnesota according to twenty four seven Sports, and the number sixty offensive tackle in the country at six foot five, two eighty. Um, I uh, probably projects him more as a guard in the Big Ten for the Gophers, but uh, he definitely has the positional versatility to move around. He played; t- He's playing tackle for the Lakers right now, so uh, there's no reason why he couldn't do it in the Big Ten. Um, but just another great football player adding to the class. Um, they also added a preferred walk-on punter, Caleb McGrath, from Eastview, Minnesota. Um, and... After a bunch of transfers, um, the Gophers lost a punter. So uh, right now, Mark Crawford is the only punter on the roster. So next season, McGrath will join him. Um, he also had interest from Baylor in South Dakota. So uh, seems like a great kid and I uh, could be the next starting punter for the Gophers in a few years. Um, but talking now is the overall class. Um, the Gophers now have one, two, three, four, five, seven commitments for the 2023 class. Um, started with offensive lineman Jerome Williams, then running back Darius Taylor, Martin Owusu, Zaquan Bryan, Reese Tripp, Pierce Walsh, and Greg John- Johnson. The, uh, it is obviously incredibly early in the process. Some teams don't have seven players committed, which helps the Gophers, but... They are currently ranked as the 19th best class in the country, which would really be a big statement for P.J. Fleck and his coaching staff, and it would by far be the highest mark that the Gophers have had since Fleck has taken over as head coach. But I think a much bigger thing is the statement they're making recruiting in-state players. So out of the top six players in the state, the Gophers now have commitments from four of them. Um, Jerome Williams, Greg Johnson, Reese Tripp, and Martin Owusu. The two that are not committed are 
top 100 four-star defensive end slash tight end Jackson Howard from Cooper, who ha- who is offered from the Gophers. Um, I-, I was doing a little looking. He hasn't officially narrowed his list down. He did a while ago, but I think that's changed. Um, and out of his last nine Instagram posts, three of them are Gophers related, four are Miami related, and two are LSU related. So uh, obviously a little speculation, but I pretty uh, confidently would say those are his three final choices. Um, so the Gophers are definitely in the running, and see, he has to at least see uh, this level of class that they're building, 19th in the country for the top six players from Minnesota, and hopefully he wants to join that. You never know. Uh, obviously you can hope and pray the Gophers have not gotten a player of his caliber for a very, very, very long time, if not ever. Um, guy who has an offer from just about every program in the country, but, um, you can, he would really just take this class to a whole nother level. Um, but the other uncommitted player, Alinus Davis from Moorhead, um, Gophers have offered him, uh, his 24-7 24-7 sports, uh, crystal ball prediction is the Gophers. With so many Minnesota players committed and only one defensive lineman, um, I I would expect that the Gophers are going to be very high on his list. I don't want to say that he's probably going to commit, but a very, very high chance that he also joins this class in Minnesota. But this is looking like uh, P.J. Flex's most special recruiting class, no matter who else they add, but adding for the top six players in Minnesota in a group that is very talented is a big statement um, that uh, the land of 10,000 lakes is going to bleed maroon and gold. Uh, and especially when you can get three offensive linemen to stay home, something that has not happened for a long time. A lot of guys have gone to Wisconsin, gone to Nebraska. Quinn Carroll went to Notre Dame. He's coming back now, but uh, big, big statement, and the recruiting class as a whole is just looking very special. Then I just wanted to touch on the transfer portal quick. There's some notable news for the Gophers. Um, it it really is a new era for uh, the amount of players entering the portal. Everyone knows that. But in the timing, uh, in the past, not many guys would enter the transfer portal after the spring season usually would be a after-season thing. Um, but the Gophers have had uh, seven notable guys enter the transfer portal since the start of April. Obviously, we know Bucky Irving and Douglas Emelian uh, entered earlier before the spring game. Bucky committed to Oregon, and, man, I, I, don't, I don't blame him. Uh, I obviously would like to say that he should stay in Minnesota. He's a player that every Minnesota fan loved watching, and he would have had a huge role here. But Oregon simply has things as a program that just the Gophers cannot offer. Um, as for Douglas Emelian going to Kansas, he obviously will get a bigger role. Um, but I, I wish both those guys success wherever they end up. That's just how college football is now. Um, but there were five players to enter the transport after the spring game. There was wide receiver Jonathan Mann, type, top uh, in-state 
prospect from Rosemount. Uh, he had a lot bigger hopes and hype as a player. Just wasn't really ever able to find his groove. I hope he uh, goes to a school where he can find a bigger role because he was a very talented player in high school, terrific athlete, and I wish him nothing but the, but success. And uh, on top of that, defensive back Solomon Brown, wide receiver slash punt returner Zach, uh, Brock Anikstead, kind of expected after his brother left in the offseason, um, interior offensive lineman Austin Beyer, and punter Daniel Sparks all joined man in the transfer portal. Um, but it's really interesting to see that many guys leave after the spring game. And I would imagine that the Gophers are going to try to add some more depth at positions now that they have so many op- open scholarships. Uh, one that I know they are looking at is Jacksonville State FCS uh, transfer tight end Jacob Jenkins, who had a visit recently, six foot three, two forty, two hundred forty pound tight end. Uh, definitely a position the Gophers could use some veteran depth at. He would have three years of eligibility left. So that'd be a good addition, but I could also see them going after a running back. Um, I think right now they only have four or five scholarship running backs, a number that is much lower than I would assume the average FBS or Division One program. And uh, I could also see them going after another interior defensive lineman. Well, they just got that guy from Houston Baptist, uh, Kyler Baugh. I believe is his name. Um, yes, but uh, they can always add on the defensive line, maybe a linebacker, maybe another corner. Um, but their roster, like none of these guys were going to have a big role on the team. Uh, Annex had returned a lot of punts last year, but a lot of them were fair catches. So I, I don't think it really plays a big role. It honestly gives the Gophers more flexibility to add depth Uh and get players that want to be here. And uh, I've talked about the transfer portal enough. Um, I think the main reason people don't like it is just they're not used to it. Five, ten years from now, ever once it settles in and there's more rules, everyone's going to be completely fine with it. It's just this is college sports now. I don't know why it's a negative. These players should be able to go to schools they want to play. Uh, me as a student, I go. I can transfer to a school that I like more. These guys can transfer to a school that they like more. Uh, it's obviously way different than it was, and but I think it's good for the sport. It's going to make better teams, and uh, it's more interesting. Um, free agency is a very interesting thing in pro sports, and now they really have it in college sports. Um, but I think that's all I got for today's episode. Uh, obviously, inching closer to September 1st against New Mexico State. Uh, Jerry Kill's return to Dinkytown. Um, I think I'm kind of going to stay with uh, episode every two weeks or every other week. Um, not much to talk about in the off season. Might have a few more commitments that I will be talking about when they happen. Um, but you can expect an episode every other Monday heading towards the season. As always, I appreciate you listening. Row the boat, Skyuma, and go Gophers.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.